First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to FPC Radio Live. It's November 28th, 2022, and we have 12 weeks of NFL football in the books. And, um, John, I I, <laughs> I don't even know where to start today. There, there's so many things I want to get to. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, um, we talked about this last week. You know, could could we potentially start seeing Jordan Love with the injury? And, and we saw Jordan Love, and we might see a lot more Jordan Love moving forward. Uh, the, the Buccaneers have apparently learned nothing from their two weeks off, uh, and and it showed in their loss to the Browns. And uh, Bengals start starting to play some pretty good football. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I didn't expect them to. Uh, uh, I mean, I expected them to win against Tennessee. I just i I haven't expected them to do as well without Jamar Chase as they have, and uh, that that's a good sign for a team that was just in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, you look at Cincinnati, and they started 0-2. They had trouble protecting Joe Burrow the first two weeks of the season, but something clicked at that point. I think the offensive line came together. He was healthier because, let's not forget, he didn't really participate in training camp with that appendectomy. Mm-hmm. Now he looks like the Joe Burrow of last year, which is an elite quarterback. They've won seven out of their last nine. Now they're t- tied with Baltimore for first place in that division, and they meet uh, later in the season in Cincinnati. So you can make a case Cincinnati's looking more and more like the third best team in the AFC, maybe the second best team in the AFC because of the quarterback. And they won yesterday without Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. They went on the road and won a hard-fought game against Tennessee, 20-16. to 16. So I think they're trending in the right direction. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, the Ravens are, you know, their competition in the division right now is, are trending in the exact opposite direction. And that's, um, 
you know, that that's a, obviously a good thing because it's getting, you know, this is the time of the year that you want to be playing your best football. Uh I, I, I mean, I, I, I like uh, – we're going to see a lot because we're going to see uh, Kansas City and, and Cincinnati next week. Um, so that's going to be a pretty big game and certainly one that's really going to tell us whether or not Cincinnati is who we think they are. And we think they're a very, very good team, and it's certainly a team that can uh, maybe repeat what they did last year and make it to the Super Bowl. Um, but let's forget about competent franchises for a moment, okay? Let's go to the incompetent ones and <laughs> – I'll tell you, John, I, I've when, when people say that it's a uh, quote unquote Tom Brady offense, and, and this is all the people out there that, oh, well, well I thought Tom Brady uh, uh, helped design the offense. No. He obviously has input. Any coaching staff would be foolish not to take the input of the greatest quarterback of all time. But when people say it's a Tom Brady offense, that means, John, that teams design their offense to the strengths of their quarterback and Tom Brady has a lot of strengths all right (laughs) maybe more than any other quarterback in the history of the game but Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles and this Buccaneers coaching staff have this incredible ability to design an offense the exact opposite of Tom Brady's strengths and this is where sometimes I wish he had a little bit more Aaron Rodgers in him and he would just say his or, or, or voice his displeasure publicly because I can't imagine that Tom Brady goes to bed at night or sits in his locker and, and thinks about the game and says, I have confidence in my signal caller. I have confidence in my head coach because I, based on his 20-plus years of experience, he should be appalled by how this, this team is managed both from – before any snap is taken and during the game. Because what we saw yesterday was uh, just, again, continued ineptitude from their offense. And that has a lot to do with the play calling. Because when you go into the game after playing Seattle and, and really shredding them with play action, that was a big reason why the offense moved. That was a big reason why they got the running game going. It was because they ran the offense through Tom Brady's arm something that the Patriots have done for a very long time and were very successful, something the Bucks did last year and were very successful. Uh, for whatever reason, they completely abandoned that after the first drive. Not that they really used it that much on the first drive, and, and again, I'm not going to put too much on that because those are your scripted plays and whatever. I mean, they prepared for the scripted plays, and that's about it. Um, prior to the, the touchdown that put them up 17-10, to 10, uh, they had used play action twice. And then after that, I, I I can't imagine it was any more than that in, in four drives that looked like they were just trying not to lose the game. And voila, guess what? They lost the game. So, um, John, I, I this is it, it's frustrating to watch because we see it every single week. This coaching staff is lost. Okay, the defense is is good enough to win games in this in this league, and yet their insistence on doing the exact opposite of what the Bucks' offensive strengths are is, is, is mind-boggling to me. Well, the first thing that would have offended me if you're a Brady supporter or you know just trying to keep a 45-year-old quarterback upright is, why no help in dealing with Miles Garrett? You, know, you, you block him one-on-one, and he's having a field day all day. I mean, he ended up with two sacks, a lot of pressures. He was constantly in the backfield. Uh, you know, 
bring someone over there to help, right? I mean, because that guy's an elite pass rusher. They didn't do that. Then that game was stuck on 17 to 10, which felt like for an hour. And I don't think I'm being hyperbolic in saying that. That game was 17 to 10 forever. Mm-hmm. And they never were able to, you know, even get a field goal to give them a two-score lead and, and put Cleveland out of its misery and just left them in the game until Cleveland come down and tied the thing up in regulation. And then Brady has an opportunity to go ahead late in regulation and you end up not using your timeouts. Like, why not use your timeouts and just let the clock run? And I, like, are you worried that you're going to use your timeouts, the clock's going to stall, and Cleveland's going to get the ball back? Like, I couldn't quite understand what the hell they were doing with all of that. So that goes back to coaching. Uh, a couple of, you know, minor things that they could have done which would have helped them win yesterday. Yeah, well, look, and, and if you heard uh, Todd Bowles' response, and I, I did, I, I still haven't figured out what the hell he was trying to say. Um, but he was talking about, well, the clock was going to run down. No, it, that's that's inexcusable. You should be. I mean, they could have called a timeout with over an, a minute left when Cleveland was fourth down. Okay, imagine over a minute or maybe just under a minute uh, of time, and and what two timeouts for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, and right. yet you just let it go. And it's again. I mean, it it you're playing scared. And like I said, it's not just that. It's that they they're doing things that are completely just. The exact opposite of Brady's strength. We've already talked about play action. Um, they refuse to use it for whatever reason. They refuse to go to any sort of hurry-up, up-tempo offense until it's two minutes left in either half. And when we see it, it's like, oh, my God, this this offense, this explosive offense still exists. Why don't they use it more? And then you always go into half saying, oh, they got it. And then they figure out, and then it's like, okay, we're going to we're gonna call a dive up the middle, a a a a uh, wide receiver screen and completely ignore going down the field and being aggressive. And I'm not talking about bombing the pass out. When I say aggressive, I mean attacking the defense and not just lining your guys up with absolutely... I mean, John, these guys don't move. There's no motion. There's no creativity. That like that that uh, uh, sweep to Julio Jones, I almost fell out of my seat because I'm like, oh my God, that was <laughs> the most creative thing they've done in weeks. And it was just a simple, yeah. you know, kind of misdirection wide receiver handoff. And it's like, it, it, this team is so ill-prepared every single week. It, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's crazy. And you know what? They're, I think they're still going to make the playoffs because of the division. But, I, I mean, good luck. <laughs> Here come the Carolina Panthers at 4-8, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, they, and they have a win over Tampa, so they would hold the tiebreaker right now. They do meet later in the season. The whole thing that I've always thought with veteran quarterbacks is, is to play at a faster pace because it puts more in their hands and they're quite capable of doing it no more so than Tom Brady. I mean, if yeah, you've got him exactly. in a hurry up offense, he's, you know, it, to me, it's like, okay, let's put the ball in LeBron James hand, right? Because he's going to know what to do offensively. You know, if you take it out of his hands, you're giving it to mm-hmm. someone who's inferior. If you've got this draining the play clock and sending signals in from the sideline and it's a slow paced offense and the defense is able to make the changes they want to make well then you're you're diminishing the greatness of Tom Brady so I I, I think with the veteran quarterbacks that's what I would do put it in their hands and let's roll with it because they certainly have done it many 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 times in their career especially as we talk about Tom Brady yeah oh absolutely and and that's that's what's crazy about it because I mean you're you're having uh there there's a I don't know there's a bit of a, a a split sort of speak among some uh, some Bucks fans, it seems that's happening. The, the the half that have been lifers and are seeing the writing on the wall, and, and that this team is going probably likely back to what it was prior to Tom Brady, um, kind of getting a little defensive, and and you know, oh Brady's missing this throw, and he's been, he, he maybe missed three of his passes, 
you know, there was one pass to Mike Evans where maybe it was a little bit off target, but I mean, you're talking about a guy who has 12 touchdowns, two interceptions, an offense that doesn't turn the ball over, and a guy who's, I think, top three or four still in passing yards this season, um, mm-hmm. and and you yet you you still refuse to put the the uh, the game on his arm, and it's like we 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 see it work repeatedly, over and over and over again when he's throwing the ball. And it's not just about passing. I'm not, I'm not talking about completely ditching the running game. It, it, it's, it's complimentary football. And by complimentary, I don't mean, you know, 1950s run, run, pass. I'm talking throw. Look at, look at what the Cleveland Browns were doing. They were running more play action. I mean, you look mm-hmm. over and watch the Chiefs play, and it's like, you know, they, they run through the arm of Patrick Mahomes, and it's smart. You know why? Because the, he's their best player. And it's the same. The true. It's true for... Uh, the Bucks as well. And I know, again, lifelong Bucks fans will say, oh, Mike Evans this, Mike Evans that. Forget about Mike Evans, okay? Like, I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know if he's injured, but I see I see him, it feels like, and again, maybe I'm off here. It feels like he's dogging it more and more each week, right? Like, that, that one pass late where he didn't even attempt to put his arms out to try and catch the ball, whether he lost it, I don't know. It just, his body language isn't coming across well. And again, I'm just reading body language. I don't, I don't have any sort of inside scoop as to what his his thought process is. But he hasn't been in a, 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 an X factor this season. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it feels like he's, he's I don't want to say lost the step, but um, am, I, am I off base here? Did, did it come across as him just having, a, the body language just wasn't there? Body language hasn't been great, really, for the entire offense. But also, I think he's now in his, I believe, tenth year. He's a big, physical, athletic receiver, and oh, those yeah. guys don't tend to last a long time. We've seen it with Julio Jones. You know, the injuries start to mount, the hamstrings don't get loose, and you just move don't move as quickly as you used to. Um, so, I, I think that that's part of the issue. I still think he misses Gronk incredibly. Oh, sure, not just on the field, but off the field. I still think that Gronk, you know, is like his silly kid brother that makes him happy. But but at this point, though, John, it's like he's not he's not playing. T- no, again, we, we talk about there, there's a no one has any idea how to talk about evaluate Brady. I mean, you're going to have people that are so dug into their stances and narratives or whatever that it's not going to matter. Oh, Brady sucks now. He's falling off the cliff. Blah, blah, blah. He's playing really good football. I mean, he's not perfect. And again, no one who says he's the least of the Buccaneers' problems says he's perfect. But I'm sitting here watching him throw. I mean, that that Hail Mary was, I mean, he what, threw that, what, 60 yards in the air? 45-year-old man. Not not a problem. You know, the guy can sling the ball, but it's like, how often do you see any sort of, I mean, every single throw is contested. It's, It's a tight window. Um, there, there's no like room for, for yards after the catch. I don't know what their yards after the catch numbers are, but I can't imagine it's anywhere near the top of the league. I, I'd bet it's probably at the bottom of the league. Um, they're, they're just, they're not creative on offense. And, and again, I think we've seen it over and over and over again, every single week that th- this, this coaching staff is really the, the biggest problem for them. And I just, I don't see how you fix it. Like how how do you fix that? How do you be? How do you come into a game with two weeks off, being so poorly prepared? And again, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, John. Yeah, I mean, 
this is a team, Cleveland, that gave up, what, 39 points to Miami yeah. um, in their last game. So, obviously, and the Patriots scored in the high 30s against them. I mean, they're not a really good defense. They're not. They're one of the bottom five defenses in the NFL, and you couldn't expose them. And, again, I think part of it was the pass rush. Like, how in the right mind does an offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, or whoever, I don't know what the mechanisms are, doesn't go into a game against Cleveland and say, okay, the first thing we got to do is protect Tom Brady. We've got to at least chip Miles Garrett at some point, whether it be with a tight end, a back, something to give their left tackle help. Because no, they, they're, they're going to play the entire on an island. Yeah, it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. That isn't a, 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 a what is it, a, a Delvin Smith is the left tackle? Uh, uh, Donovan Smith, yeah, and and look, Donovan he's, Smith, he's, okay. he's might as well be he, Delvin Smith. It doesn't matter. I mean, the, the the guy is good for like two or three backbreaking penalties and just poor right. plays that that crush this flo- every single week. John, it's it's a false start or it's a hands to the face that negated yep. uh, a a Mah- quote unquote Mahomes like play from top. that little left handed shovel pass is like oh that only nice. Patrick yeah. yeah only Patrick Mahomes can do that. Well, okay, that's true if if. You know, you only watch Chiefs games and only watch the Chiefs offense and not the opposing team's offense. So Mike White can do that. Yeah, too. Mike White, but, but, uh, the, the look, great but, Mike White. Look, yeah, yeah, we, we'll we'll get to him maybe in a minute. But but like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> how do you? I just I don't get it, John. Like I'm laughing, but it's like it's like a sad laugh because like I don't want to see. Um, I, I don't want to see uh, uh, the, the Bucks, particularly Brady, go out like this because it's it's you know it's you you don't want to leave as much on the field as they have and that's what they're doing each and every week i mean donovan smith it's it's you know a penalty every week that's going to crush the offense or to your point how do you have two weeks to prepare for this uh, uh browns defense and their strength obviously being their defensive line and decide you want to play the entire game in between the hash marks within the five yards of the line of scrimmage because that's what they were doing right. john there were dive plays and and little uh, 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 wide receiver screens that have not worked at all this season because they can't block for them. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, mm-hmm. it, but they keep going to that well. And then it's like you wonder why Brady's getting frustrated. Well, you know, people are like, oh, well, he can't. Can he just change the plays? Well, when you come in with a three tight end set, run heavy formation, you can't just change it to a four wide receiver. You know what right. I mean? Like yeah. people, people are getting a little ridiculous with this whole. Oh, doesn't Brady call the plays? Well, eh, look, I'm not. I'm at this point. I'm not even going to bother with those people anymore. Can he turn a freezer into a refrigerator? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, look, and we we've talked about it before. And I think there is a, a quote from someone talking about how. Look, Brady's a player's player or a coach's player, rather, where, where it's like. He believes he's a player and the coach is coach. So he's not, I don't believe, again, he's the type of guy that will sit there and say, we can't, you know what I mean? Like in, in a in a very a matter of fact way, say we can't do this. Like, of course he has input about what, what's supposed to go into the game plan. But you know what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? Like he's not a guy who's going to go out and publicly call out his coaching. You know what I mean? He'll go up and give the the, the company answer. Oh, I'm a player. I got to play better. We got to play better, yada, yada, yada. And that's fine, and that's great. I, I think, you know, I, I've commended him for that. But like I said earlier in the show, this is the time where I kind of wish he had a little bit of Aaron Rodgers in him. A little bit of uh, passive-aggressive, but not really, where he'll basically go up and just call, <laughs> you know, uh, obviously uh, his coach is out, but, you know, I want to see Brady go up and have some sort of remark about um, just where this, this, this offensive situation is. Because I just, look, John, I can't imagine he is happy with it. I can't imagine no. he looks at this and says, 
look, we have the right plan. We're just not executing. Like, he'll say it publicly. He'll say it in front of the cameras because that's who he is. But I cannot imagine that he sits there at the end of the game and says, man, we were so well prepared. We just did not execute. Well, at this point, I think I wouldn't say he's just going through the motions because I think they're going to make the playoffs unless, again, some bizarre team out of that division gets hot, which I can't see happening. Um, so they'll make the playoffs. They'll host the playoff game against whoever, Dallas or the Giants or Washington or somebody, and then you go from there. And then, obviously, when the offseason hits us, he's going to be playing elsewhere next year if he's playing. He's not going yeah. back to Tampa. We can guarantee that. Is it the Raiders? Um, is it San Francisco? I think that would probably be his first choice. I mean, we could have some fun with the Patriots, potentially, but uh, I think that, that's a long shot, to be honest with you. That, but, yeah, there's, yeah there that's... are plenty of play- He'll have more. I think he'll have more suitors now than he did three years ago, which is odd because now he's going to be 46. It's because, hey, he went to Tampa and won a Super Bowl in his first year, and he's still great. Like, yeah, you know, I don't and, think that that question is going to be there. Look, and, and again, this is just me spitballing here. Um, I, I would imagine the the prospect of him returning to Tampa increases if, you know, they – I don't. It would. It would never happen because you know, again, he's still technically under contract with the Saints, and and the Saints would rather fold as a franchise than allow Sean Payton to go to right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but assuming there's a coaching change or or maybe there's something more to his liking, I think that's what what keeps him here. And and look, I mean, I I think he he does consider his options, and you know. Leaving Tampa is obviously going to be a challenge, and certainly at this point, there's a lot of good teams out there. Um, San Francisco again keeps coming up, but you know if they go to the Super Bowl again with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know I guess it depends on if they win or not, and maybe they decide well we need to go win now with Brady, and and that's going to give us our best shot. Uh, same thing across the league. There's some other teams, you know the Patriots again. It's kind of a, a pipe dream, more or less my my drunken uh, uh, visions at night. Uh, but again. <laughs> if we get closer to the end of the season and, you know, Mac Jones has not developed, then I think it, you know, maybe becomes a slim possibility just based on the construction of the team. And and like I said, when I say looking in a vacuum for teams that would appeal to Brady, and again, forget about the past, just look at a vacuum. Like I said, cap space, coaching, um, very good defense, you know, a lot of, a lot of check boxes for that. So, all right, let's uh, let's move on from uh, one quarterback to another. Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Packers uh, lost forty to thirty three, but the story obviously being his rib injury, his thumb injury, and could it potentially be the emergence of Jordan Love? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know. Yeah, if, I, if I'm running, if I'm running the Green Bay Packers, you know they're four and eight right now. They're essentially out of it. I mean, they, if they win their last five and a few things happen, but that's not going to happen. They've won one game in the last two months. So what makes anybody think they're going to win five in a row? I would start Jordan Love, get Aaron Rodgers thumb fix because he's going to need an operation on that. See what's going on with the ribs or the oblique or whatever that injury is, and just get him rested up for next year. He turns thirty nine in December, um, which is actually next month. Man, this year flew by. But I would just play Jordan Love because now you can maybe build up some value with Jordan Love. If he goes out and plays good football for four or five weeks, you can trade him because it's going to be impossible to trade Aaron Rodgers. The contract is just too big. Uh, you know, they would take a massive cap hit if they were to move on from him. And they've got a lot of other salaries they've got to deal with going forward. Uh, Jair Alexander and David Bakhtiari are the two highest paid players at their respective position. Uh, they also got Rashawn Gary, who had season-ending uh, knee injury a few weeks ago, but he's going to be up for a big contract. So, you know, they can't just take in all of this money. They're going to – it sounds kind of odd, but they're kind of stuck with Aaron Rodgers yeah. unless he retires. Which, so, I mean, yeah, look, that's – I, w- I wouldn't even – could happen. Who knows? Yeah. I don't think he likes – you know, he's going to be 39. He's made a ton of money. He's got a lot of other interests. Maybe he just doesn't want to get hit anymore. And you know what? I can't really blame the guy. I mean, I think at some point when you've done that for as long as these guys have done it, and again, Tom Brady being the outlier because he's a maniac yeah. that, you know, you may just wake up one day and go, do I really need this? You know, my, my thumb is broken. I've got, you know, ribs are cracked. My oblique is strained. We're four and eight. Like, what the hell are we doing here? I, again, $51 million next year is quite appealing. I get that. Well, and, and look, uh, we, we kind of, I think we talked about this last week and in, in the idea that, look, the, the Packers, if they're smart, you know, they, they need to see what they have in Jordan Love mm-hmm. one way or the other, whether it's, you know, is he the quarterback of the future, or to your point, is he not? Is he not? And if Jordan Love goes out and has a strong last five, six weeks, might not really matter. And and I I, I agree with you. It's it's going to be near impossible to trade Aaron Rodgers or move on from Aaron Rodgers. But I can't believe I I can't imagine that the the Packers. If and again, this is a this is if Jordan Love has a very strong end to the season, assuming he starts the rest of the way or at least a handful of games uh, uh, moving forward. Um, I can't imagine they would sit and see a strong run by Jordan Love and say, yeah, we're just going to move on from you and stick with Rodgers. You know what I mean? Like, like, right. I, like I think that they would make every attempt possible. And, and look, it's still potential that Rodgers retires. I don't think so. I think he's, you know, again, I we and we've talked about this for weeks. I, I think the injuries are obviously starting to pile up, but this is kind of what happens when you get older. And mm-hmm. again, Brady's the outlier here. He's the outlier. Let's let's not compare people to him because it's not normal what he's doing. So the normal uh, shelf life of a quarterback generally follows, you know, an elite quarterback that lasts in the league for a long time. You know, you have your peak. You have your your kind of dip a little bit in this day and age that dip isn't as much because you know the offenses are a little bit more uh uh favored in this uh game in this day and age um 
but generally it's the injuries. It's the little nagging injuries and then a, a pretty precipitous drop in play. And now we're not necessarily getting that because, you know, Rodgers has some pretty decent numbers. I mean, the interceptions are, are obviously the big change. And, and we're seeing, you know, the difference from last year. You don't have Devontae Adams anymore and you're turning the ball over. And two things mm-hmm. that are just a recipe for a four and eight record through 12 weeks. So, um, I don't know the, the Packers are in a tough spot because, uh, they're, they're kind of like where the Patriots were a few years ago, but in a worse situation because the Patriots, you know, their doomsday situation was going 12 and four after three straight Super Bowl appearances and then flaming out in the divisional round. Um, for Rodgers and the Packers, it's likely five, six wins max uh, in a season mm-hmm. in which, you know, you just have struggles. And to your point, they have to deal with a lot of cap situation. They have to figure it out. And right now, the Patriots went through that the last couple seasons. And as I mentioned before, they're set up next year with about $60 million in, in cap money to spend and, and kind of to retool a team that is pretty good right now. So um, the Packers have a lot, a lot of stuff to figure out over the next five, six months. And fortunately for them, they're at least going to get in, have an excuse or hopefully have an excuse to play Jordan Love to, to know what you have in them. you got to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, you'll get you know five games of Jordan Love, see what he's about. Um, if he plays well and you can't move on from Rodgers, maybe you trade Jordan Love. Maybe you just say we've got to sit another year because Rodgers may have one year left. The, the thing with Rodgers is who the hell knows? I mean, mm-hmm. he could wake up in the middle of the offseason and say, I'm done. And now if you've traded Jordan Love before that, now you have no quarterbacks. Yeah. One moment you had two and then you have none, uh, which is a, a very tough situation to be in. Who knows if the coach is coming back? Green Bay doesn't generally move like that. You know, they don't move off of coaches uh, quickly. They, they will stick with Matt LaFleur and just chalk it up as one of those seasons where they had a ton of injuries turn the ball over a lot. The quarterback was hurt in game four. So, you know, they're going to try to regroup because that can happen in the NFL, right? We see it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Minnesota was back to back years in the doldrums and make a coaching change. And all of a sudden they're nine and two. And meanwhile, another team that made the playoffs last year, like the Raiders is struggling to get the four wins. So there's that big group in the NFL where one year playoff contender next year, you're a top 10 selector when the draft comes around. Yeah. And and look, I mean, that's, that's the normal, cycle in the nfl mm-hmm. i i mean it's just that it, it is what it is and you yeah know, there's people, what half a dozen teams that are away from that you know generally yeah yeah and and look i mean and again the 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 comparisons always come back to the patriots and brady and, and that skews things because it's like well you know well tom went 20 some odd years without having a losing <laughs> record and all that well, well good great that's why yeah. he's the greatest right. of all time that's not yeah, normal yeah, yeah. you know you're not supposed to do that so um yeah, I, I look. I, the, you mentioned the Raiders, and, and you know you were kind of on top of this from the get go. One score games last year, they were great, and this year not so much. However, yesterday was pretty <laughs> exciting with the uh, Josh Jacobs. He had over, you know, he had over three hundred yards from scrimmage yesterday. Man, imagine yeah. if you had if you had he if you had Josh Jacobs and Jalen Hurts on your fantasy team. Ooh. You know, you could have played me, you, and five other guys, and you would have won because those guys had monster games. I mean, the, the Eagles only ran for 363 yards. You know, just a note to the Green Bay coaching staff, they run the ball effectively, and the quarterback's really good at running it. You may want to defend that a little bit yeah. better. But, yeah, Josh Jacobs and Jalen Hurts were monsters yesterday. No, they were they were, they were great. And, and uh, 
you know, the Eagles bounced back after, I, I think, two, and we, we talked about this, two, uh, you know, subpar for their standards the last couple of weeks, you know, performances. And um, against the Packers, again, uh, it's it's weird because it's like the name kind of gives it more credibility than it should, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, you, right. you beat the Packers. Well, a lot of teams are beating the Packers a lot of <laughs> these days. So it's it's like how impressive. But no, it was impressive because at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're in a shootout and the last couple of weeks you've, I don't want to say struggled on offense, but you certainly have not had the same uh, effectiveness or efficiency, rather. Uh, so that was a good thing to see. And, and of course, um, Jalen Hurts was, was you know, just phenomenal again. So um, uh, let's see. Let's see. There was one other team I wanted to mention. Let's see. What was it? What was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. The Rams. <laughs> I that was uh look. I don't think anyone expected them to beat the Chiefs. Um, but it, it, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it was it was somewhat entertaining, and they they kind of stayed in it. But you know, more so, not so much about the Rams that I want to talk about. It was mostly an excuse to talk about the Chiefs. Impressive win, kinda. And again, this is this is kind of where you're at with the Chiefs. It's like. You can't really judge them until we get to the playoffs, right? I mean, this is a team that, you know, their success or failures really amount to what happens in the playoffs. So, you know, lo- lo- uh, losing to the Colts, okay, yeah, whatever. We can use that as, as fodder to, to talk. But um, another team that I feel like should be blowing these teams out. You know what I mean? If, if I'm to believe what a lot of Chiefs fans try to convince me of that the Chiefs are this, you know, they are the best team in the NFL, don't get me wrong. But if I am to believe that they are so far and above everyone else, I got to see it. You know what I mean? Like, because for, for moments they look like it, but then they come back to earth and then they're competitive with the likes of the Colts or with, you know, uh, a Tennessee team that's without their starting quarterback or, in this case, against a Rams team who is just absolutely decimated at every situation at every position. So um, do you, you know, when, when you go into it, do you, am I, am I just being a hater, John? All right. Am I being a hater here? Because I, I like, let's put it this way. I just, I believe that teams like Buffalo and now Cincinnati are starting to feel like they're a little bit closer to this level of the, it's not that far off the difference between the two. And I think some people want to make you believe that the chiefs just are going to march to a Super Bowl, and I'm sitting here saying, like, man, this this team can lose games, and they have. Of course. Yeah, I mean, if, if you just look to last year, right, uh, Buffalo beat them in the regular season mm-hmm. in Kansas City, should have beat them in the playoffs if their coaching staff doesn't have a brain fart with 13 seconds left. Cincinnati beat the Chiefs in the regular season and beat them in the AFC Championship game. So I don't think Buffalo or Cincinnati is intimidated by Kansas City because they have a quarterback that – we could sit here and argue who's the best of the three quarterbacks. I think Mahomes is going to win the MVP as of right now. But certainly Buffalo and Cincinnati feel they have a competent or great quarterback who can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. So that's the start of, of being confident going into Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City's winning games a little bit differently. Than, you know, In the past, it was 35, 38, 42 points, and Mahomes was throwing five touchdown passes, and it just looked like you know the Golden State Warriors 
on a football field and doing things a little bit differently. I think the defense is playing pretty well, though it's tough to really gauge how they are playing when you face that Rams offense, which is about as bad as Denver's offense. <laughs> so, you know, we have to know more about what's going on with them coming up this week when they take on Cincinnati. But they're, they've, be kind of, they've become kind of like the Patriots were, you know, that mm-hmm. they're the team that you figure every week's going to show up and be consistent and always be in the games and find ways to win. You know, again, this is, this is, they've gone to four straight AFC championship games. That's a pretty good accomplishment. And they look like they're headed to a fifth one if things break their way. So I, I think they're kind of measured against themselves. They're not as explosive as they were in the past because they don't have Tyreek Hill. That's, mm-hmm. that's the biggest reason why not. But I, I give them credit for being nine and two kind of tweaking things on the way and maybe they're better built for the postseason, you know, where they've got a running game that they can count on a little bit more than they have in the past. Uh, maybe their defense is, is a little tidier, and, and they realize they just can't go out and blow teams out, that, you know, they're going to be in some close games and they can react better. Well, and that's, that's uh, uh, you know, that's why I think this game this week um, against the Bengals is going to be pretty big for, for both teams. Because, one, <clears throat> if you're the Bengals, you're going to kind of get a little bit more of a feel of where you are this season. But for two, I mean, Kansas City – the unfortunate thing for Kansas City, John, is that the teams that right now that are looking to be the, you know, the foundation of the AFC playoff picture, you know, the Titans, the Bills, the Dolphins, like very likely, but specifically the Bills and the Bengals, all match up very well against Kansas City. And mm-hmm. to your point, yep. have given them struggles in the past. So, you know, this idea that they're just going to cakewalk into a Super Bowl or even an AFC Championship game is, to me, I'm like, you know, if this was the 2018 Chiefs team, maybe, because there's no Patriots team to stand in their way. But this isn't the 2018 team. And, you know, as much as they're very good on offense, I think they're the best right now offensive team in the league. Uh, I believe they have the best points per game uh, scored, I, 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 if I'm not mistaken. Um this season, and we've talked about it a lot, it's just there's a lot of mediocrity. More so than I feel like there has been in the past where it's like, you know, maybe again, maybe, per, you know, perception isn't always reality. So maybe the, the perception isn't really, or the reality isn't true that, you know, there's a lot of mediocre teams, but it feels like it. Like there, there's like four or five teams that are a little bit better than mediocre. Kansas City leads, leads that pack. And, and they're a great team. Don't get me wrong. But I just I feel like there's 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 so many teams that are flawed in this in this league that yes I believe Kansas City is the best team but does it make sense to believe that the Eagles are probably the least flawed? Is that like am I just confusing everyone out there? Am I confusing myself here? Are you still with me, no. John? Are you alive? You got a uh, pulse? No, I'm, I'm still here. No, I, I finished my cup of coffee. <laughs> okay, good, okay. good. No, I, I think the Eagles they're very complete because of their offensive and defensive lines. They're getting dominant in those yeah. two areas. And I know that's not sexy or exciting to talk about, but in the end, it's very exciting. It's, stab- it's talk stabilizing. Because it's stabilizing. I mean, we heard about it two years ago that Patrick Mahomes didn't have an offensive line, so he couldn't be himself in the Super Bowl. And they put up nine points. Now, he had an off day for sure, but it didn't help that the offensive line was, was banged up and couldn't protect them. Yeah, and Philadelphia's offensive line, man, they just went tossing around the Packers last night. That was an embarrassment. Mm. That looked like Nebraska circa 1995 when they would <laughs> run for like 500 yards yeah. against Colorado or some other poor team that didn't have a chance. But uh, they, they do look pretty complete. But again, the quarterback has never won a playoff game. Neither has the coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, until they do that, we're going to have to see what they're all about. I think they've had some injuries, which, look, every team in the league is dealing with injuries at this point. Yeah. And, and I 
and, and I looked at the last four Super Bowl winners, Ian, kind of were middling at this point in the season, right? I mean, you remember in 2018, the Patriots were 9-5 and five heading down the stretch. Yeah. They win the Super Bowl, right? The next year, the Chiefs were 6-4, and four, and Mahomes just came back off that injury. They win the Super Bowl. In 2020, the Buccaneers were 7-5, and five, mm-hmm. get hot down the stretch, win the Super Bowl. Last year, the Rams were 7-4. and four, So you just look at teams. There's some team out there, maybe it's Cincinnati, maybe it's San Francisco, who are both 7-4, and four, who are just going to get hot at the right time and be able to beat Philadelphia in the NFC, Buffalo and Kansas City in the AFC, and maybe we're looking at a San Francisco-Cincinnati Super Bowl. The Super Bowl I want to see, just for laughs, would be Tennessee-Washington. Because <laughs> those two teams are so much alike, right? I mean, the ratings would be horrible. Oh, but, it, I mean, it, you got wouldn't it? I mean, you, you got basically two teams that just find ways to it, win and are always in like these weird nineteen to thirteen games. Well, what, whatever it is, whatever how horrible that matchup would be, it, it's not going to be as horrible as the uh, Sean Taylor statue that the Commanders oh, revealed. Um, and I, yeah. I, I, I'm not trying to be funny or, or whatever or, or just pile on the Commanders who are an easy target. Um, I, you sold it as a statue, as far as I, I, I'm aware. And again, anyone out there that feels the need to correct me can, because you know I'm not going to sit here and die on a hill if I'm wrong. Um, John, I'm very, I, I, I tend to admit when I'm wrong, right? Right? I think so. <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. So. I go for the most that. part. For the yeah. most part. Um, I just sometimes I have to do a lot of admitting because I'm, I'm wrong quite a bit, <laughs> especially if you look at my picks from yesterday. But uh, yeah. I, I, like, I, I just, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it because, again, you know, 15 years, obviously, since uh, Sean Taylor pa- tragically passed away. Um, great safety for the commanders. And you essentially go out and get not even a, a, a like a mannequin, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. I, th- I think and I believe they sold it to the fan base as a statue. And that's that's certainly not a statue. That's a, you know, a nice gesture, sure. But, you know, it, it kind of fell a little bit flat but and kind of speaks to the <laughs> how the, the, the commander's organization is run. But on the football field, they're winning football games. So, you know, <laughs> maybe we should give the commanders a little bit more. Like we talk about the Bucks getting a, a home playoff game and maybe getting the commanders. I, I hate that matchup. I, I yeah. think Washington oh, yeah, wins that matchup easily. So I'm saying you're saying like great, awesome. Chase Young is coming back, right? Chase yeah. Young is coming well, he back. Was, he knowing... was supposed to play Sunday, but I think right. he was ill, like a sickness, so right. something completely separate from what had kept him out. Um, so and I would Tampa, imagine Tampa's he'll be back. Stupid enough to, to block him with one guy, right? Yeah, you know? and Donovan Smith of all people. Donovan Smith, <laughs> here you block this guy who's clearly better than you. We yeah. won't even give you any help because we think you're better than you are. So yeah, no, I. I think Ron Rivera deserves some consideration for coach of the year because there's a franchise that every other owner in the league, maybe with the exception of Jerry Jones, wants Daniel Snyder out as owner. The team may be for sale. They went from Carson Wentz to what Taylor Heineke, who's, you know, uh, the complete opposite of Carson Wentz, right? He's got all the intangibles and the teammates love him, but doesn't have a great skill set. And, and yet they're finding ways to win somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and that's the thing. Maybe that, that uh, talk for Ron Rivera will pick up steam here as we go on if they keep winning games because, you know, Brian Dayball was kind of the front-running favorite, but the Giants have kind of leveled out a little bit. They've lost two in a row. If they go on a bit of a skid here, maybe that will, um, you know, cause people to think twice about, well, maybe Ron Rivera, maybe this, maybe that. We'll, we'll see. So, all right, before we go, and you, you did kind of mention them a little bit. I do have to throw it out there. Uh, of all the problems that the Packers have, all the problems that the Buccaneers have, all the problems that every other franchise has in this league, 
No one has a bigger problem than the Denver Broncos, John. Because <laughs> this, I mean, in my wildest imagination, I could have not predicted how this uh, first 12 weeks of the Russell Wilson era was going to play out. But, I mean, I the only thing I think of is Chernobyl. <laughs> Just utter, <laughs> absolute disaster. And something that, unfortunately for the Broncos, is not going to go away anytime soon. Because, well, I, th- I think if you were to cut Russell Wilson this year, John, or release him or whatever, I think he has over $100 million in dead cap hit on his, yeah. on his contract. Not to mention, um, you know, it, it doesn't get much better over the next four or five years. I mean, you're talking... 95 million, 85 million, four, you know, we're talking about numbers that are just going to be crippling for a franchise. The alternative is, well, you have Russell Wilson under center until he's 39, and he's 33 now. So um, there was a clip of uh, a defensive player for the Broncos kind of getting in Russell Wilson's face, and, you know, it appears as if he was pretty frustrated and pissed off, and, and rightfully so, because, John, they have a pretty good defense. And one that can oh, win yeah. you a lot of games, and their their offense is so pathetic. And this isn't, you know, uh, the coaching isn't great. The, you know, the, the, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like they're they're getting top notch coaching, but you're just not getting good quarterback play, and that that really is kind of the root of all these problems that the offense has. Because you get better quarterback play, you can at least be competitive. Um, Hence, at least the Buccaneers are competitive. Although they lose, they're competitive. Uh, Denver isn't really, and, and the only reason they are is because of their defense and their offense is, is inept. So, um, Denver Broncos fans, uh, I'm sorry, man. It's just not. I don't. I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel right now for them. No, and you look at Denver and the Rams as bad as they are. They don't own their own first round pick yeah, next year. That's the worst right, part sir? about it. And same thing with uh, Cleveland. You know, Cleveland doesn't own their first-round pick next year. That goes to the Texans. How about this as a rumor trade? Aaron Rodgers for Russell Wilson. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I mean, again, the money would work, right? I mean, they're both making an extreme, incredible amount of money. The rumor was I'd, Rodgers to Denver, and that's I'd, why they I'd, hired. I'd, I'd, I'd rather Hackett. Jordan Love. Well, yeah, probably at this point. Yeah, we'll see what he does. I mean, that, yeah. that I mean, yeah, that, that's a great point. I wasn't really thinking of that. But if, <laughs> I'd if, rather have Jordan say, Love than say, Russell well, Wilson. Well, let's say Jordan Love doesn't play well. And it's just I'd still rather have Jordan Love because we know, know Russell Wilson isn't playing well either. <laughs> that's like, true, That's too. the thing. Any quarterback that can go into Green Bay and not play well, and there's still a chance that he's playing better than Russell Wilson. That's true. That, that's, yeah. how, that's, okay. how, that's how bad he's played right now. So I'll take, I'll take Nathan Peterman right now over Russell Wilson. I'll take Jordan Love. Okay, maybe not Nathan Peterman, but you get what I'm trying to say. Like, you Zach know, the, Wilson? Uh, <laughs> Probably not. The no. Wilsons have not been very good this year at quarterback. No, no, no. Really, it, it, it has not gone well for them. So, uh, all right. Well, you know, this was this was a nice little uh, vent session, uh, so to speak, I guess. But um, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to kind of 
look forward to week 13 and, and you know real football is here it is post Thanksgiving and as anyone believes this is when the real teams start to show themselves and this is what we're going to get so uh, thank you everyone for tuning in be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at FPC Radio Live and of course head over to fullpresscoverage.com to check out all the latest and greatest from the whole crew over there so thank you everyone have a great Monday and enjoy the last couple days of November take care Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.